So I want to just welcome you again to the Scribal Conservatory Arts and Worship Center. We're still continuing our series on family matters, but we're going to shift our conversation a little bit today. And we're going to talk about what I consider one of the most significant areas of family matters when it comes to the believers, when it comes to us as a spiritual family, those of us who are looking to really heal in the areas of our mental health, our physical bodies, healing relationships. I want us to see healing from a very broad, broad perspective so that we're sure we reach the needs of everybody within our group and within our community and that those of you who are leading others will have something very enlightening and hopefully reflective that you can bring to those that you lead so that they can say, okay, I'm seeing where I'm hindered in my healing process. I want us to know, you know, as we talk this morning, that when we look at healing, healing, healing is, is, is really the children's bread. We know that. And I know many of you are struggling. We have um, people that are struggling. And we talked about it last week at our Bible study, which has been phenomenal. All of the Bible studies surrounding healing. But the revelation we've gotten of Naaman that's been brought to us could not be better than what we need right now. Because sometimes we want the prayers. We want the breaking things off of us. We want it the way we want it. And we find ourselves, uh, you know, forgetting that if we, even in, when it comes to our healing, if we're still doing things the same way that we've doing, been doing it, it's the same kind of insanity as it is when we do in the natural, we have things that we do the same way and we expect different results. So the same applies in the spiritual realm. But there are some truths about healing that I think are intrinsically important to us. And I want to really talk about those right now. The first one is, it's just understanding that everything that happens in life, there's always this balance of, of things happening for us and to us that are good, but there are also things that happen for us and to us that are not so good. This earth life will disappoint us. And I want to make sure that we can agree with that truth. And I want to see you say, I agree with that truth, you know, in the chat, because I think sometimes our spirituality can cause us to live in a delusion uh, or a fairy tale realm, thinking that everything is going to be perfect all the time. And this is just not the case. And the longer you live in the earth, sometimes the more crazy things seem to get. And this is every generation, not just our generation. I can't imagine what it's been like in other countries to live in a country where there's always war. There's always some kind of strife. There's always some kind of dissonance that's taking place within the culture itself, within the nation itself, and even within our own homes. Some of you have probably been in, in lives, you know, you grew up in areas that, in homes that were chaotic. You ended up in a chaotic marriage. You ended up going through a chaotic divorce. Then you ended up in a toxic ministry. So sometimes we have things that just seems to happen over and over and over again. 
And the scripture tells us profoundly through the words of Jesus that in this world, we will have trials and we will have tribulations, but he promises us that he has overcome all of them. And there is a revelation in that that we must attain to. We will have sickness in our bodies. We're going to experience chaos in our minds. If you haven't, you will at some point in your life. That's not a word curse against you. You, you know, but it's a truth. It's a truth that comes to us. We will know the reality of broken relationships. We will know the reality of lost love or never having known a natural realm of perfect love. We'll, we'll have lost respect for, for ourselves. There's something in our lives that will cause us to be in that place sometimes. You know, we may lose respect for others. So there's all kinds of brokenness that we will come to in this lifetime, whether it's when we were in the world or whether it's we're in the kingdom now. We will know heartbreak, but many of us will also know joy, will know peace, will know hope, will know success. We will experience healness. We will experience wholeness in some areas and maybe all areas in our minds. We will, we will experience the power of God touching those things that trouble us so deeply in our heart. We will find that lucidity, meaning our, our, our intelligence, our making sense of things will be our portion. We will know soundness in our minds and we will understand the beauty of solid relationships, the beauty of love, the beauty of honor, dignity. We'll know those things. The things about this life is that not everything is consistent. We have good days, we have bad days. And if we can agree that this is a part of life because we live in a broken world, it puts us on the path to be able to grasp this profound revelation of Jesus and this profound revelation of our healing. And it also puts us in a position to listen, not be so hard on ourselves and not be so hard on others when things don't work out, when things don't go the way that we expect. It is life. It's life in the spirit, which we actually live as sons all the time. We don't go in and out of the spirit. And, and you know, we, we play and we joke, like, let me just be Teresa right now. Or, but really, we never drop character. We never drop presence when we are sons. We're always cognizant of what it means to be a child of God, a son of the living God, a testimony of, of the living God, an epistle. We know what that means. So technically, every day, we're making decisions, even natural decisions, with the spiritual outlook. So I kind of, you know, struggle sometimes when we say things like, you know, this, that, that I'm not in the spirit right now, because you always are. I'm always an apostle. I'm always a teacher. I'm always an artist. I mean, there's never a time when I'm not those things. I'm always a mother. I'm always a wife. I'm always a sister. You don't stop being those things because you have a bad day. And so I want us to kind of reconcile those truths on the inside of us this morning. I want to look real quick at recognizing how much 
our healing plays and our maturity, how much our healing plays and our stability in the faith. Jesus was acquainted with death. We are acquainted with death. <laughs> I mean, we lose people all the time. And we know that every man is appointed a time to be born and every man is appointed a time to die. That's both spiritual and natural. You know, we, we also will know the resurrection just like Jesus has known the resurrection. We've experienced the resurrection and being born again, but there's also a resurrection into our permanent state that we will experience one day. And we will grasp the depth of eternity in a way we have never known. There's profound truth in that. The spiritual realm through Jesus teaches us how to exist in both favorable and unfavorable conditions. Can we agree that Jesus teaches us that? He teaches us how to live in the worst of times and how to live in the best of times. So we're in Matthew 16, 16 right now. And I just want to show you that's the main topic, but I want to just walk you through verse 13 till we get to verse 16 and that verse 17 afterwards. I want you to see something. So if you have your Bibles, you're probably going to want to mark this. So Matthew 16, verse 13, it begins, when Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples saying, who do men say that I am? The son of, uh, who, do, who do men say that I, the son of man am? Now, this is very, very important. And if you've ever taught, you know, this is probably one of the most taught scriptures ever in the history of the Bible. And I think it's an important question and I think it's overloaded with revelation that there's so many ways that we could take this. But verse 14, um, it, it says here, so they say, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah and others Jeremiah are one of the prophets. So Jesus is asking, who, who, who am I to those that he's leading? But he brings the question back. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? In our places of healing, I want you to recognize that when we are in our places of healing, whether it's relational, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, or whether it's mental, we may not realize it, but we're still asking, uh, we're still answering this question, who is God. We're still answering that because if we're not reconciled in the promises that the Lord has, has for us, if we're not reconciled in our identity as a believer, if we're struggling in our faith to believe him, that means we're asking that question, who are you? I mean, I want you to just think about that for a minute. We're literally posing that question to ourselves that Jesus has already asked his disciples in the beginning. Can you see that? Can you see that? Because if we know who he is, 
then there are some questions we won't be asking. This isn't a place of condemnation that I'm sharing this with you. It's simply a point of saying, I've got to get to know Jesus in this area of my struggle. I've got to get to know Jesus in this place. I need to know who he is to me while my body is racked with pain. I need to know who he is to me while I am struggling to keep my mind together. I can't focus. I feel unsettled. I can't think. I feel like I'm having a mental breakdown. I feel like I've lost all my friends. I feel alone. I don't know how I'm going to take care of myself. I, I don't even have a raven to feed me. We have to begin to say, who are you, God, in the midst of this situation that we are standing in? Oh, my goodness. Jesus asked them, he said, but who do you say that I am? Well, they told me you were John the Baptist. They told me you were like Jeremiah. They told me you were like Isaiah. They told me I needed to be healed this way or that way or, or run around. And oh my God. But Teresa, who do you say that I am in this situation? But here we have Simon Peter in verse 16. And he answered and he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. You know, when you hear that, you have to ask yourself, what in the world did Peter hear? What in the world made this sound different in this moment? What in the world caused Jesus not to bring that question up again because he had the answer. What was it in that word? I want you to know that Peter had a revelation of Jesus. Let's say that together. <laughs> Peter had a revelation of Jesus. And what does that mean? It means that you have to have a revelation of Jesus in your situation. You have to have a revelation that Jesus loves me even though I am out of my mind. You have to have a revelation that Jesus loves you even if my body is wrecked with pain. You have to have a revelation of Jesus even if you are being attacked on every side and every friend you've known leaves you. You have to have a revelation of Jesus even if you've done the worst thing you've ever done in your whole life, but you're still here living and breathing. You have to have a revelation that you are forgiven. Oh my goodness. Peter said, I have a revelation that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Now, I want you to see the first part of this next sentence. It's profound to me. See, when we get a revelation, Jesus responds. The scripture says, Jesus answered. Oh my goodness. 
When you have a revelation, Jesus can rush in and answer because y'all are in the same mind, in the same moment, with the same understanding. Oh, my goodness. When you get a revelation of Jesus in your situation, you're in the same mind, at the same moment, with the same understanding in all the earth. Just think about that for a minute. See, the world doesn't have access to that kind of communion. The world doesn't have access to the ability to understand at the depth of that level. So when Peter was like, you are the Christ, the son of the living God, that meant something to Peter. And we can almost agree that because that revelation came forth in the midst of a question presented to the other apostles around him, we also know that they got a revelation as well. In their own lives, in that perfect moment in time, everyone understood the intention of Christ. Everyone understood. They were all on one accord. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. The catalyst to our healing is not that we live in this fantasy or this fairy tale world of perfection is that we have a perfected understanding of who Jesus is in us because he is the Christ. Oh my goodness, Jesus answered. And Jesus said, blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Blessed are you, Peter. Blessed are you, Simon Peter, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Oh, why is this important? This is important because for us to say we are sons, we have to constantly, moment by moment, every day realize that I am in Christ and Christ is in me. That I am a king, I am a priest in Christ that the spirit of the living God is on the inside of me. It means that I have, listen, hear me in the spirit, what Peter didn't even have as the, at this moment. Peter did not have Holy Spirit living in him at this time. Christ has not blown or released the spirit into his apostles yet, but he was with them. Now listen, he was with them Therefore, the spirit was with them. Oh, my goodness, because Jesus was in the midst. He was God with us. Emmanuel. So they had the physical embodiment of Christ right there with them. And they were hanging on to the hope of having the indwelling. So if those in the world can tap into the power of God, how much more 
can we tap into who have received the filling and the fullness of him? Oh my goodness. Holy Spirit is in the earth now. He might not be in the people who have not said I do, but he is yet guiding and yet leading them. You wouldn't be here right now if the Lord had not led you into his presence before you even knew who he was. Oh my God. Think of all the things right now that you escaped when you were in the world. I got a laundry list, a laundry list. There are things I know I should be dead and in my grave, but yet here I am, another moment another day. And I had no revelation, no sustaining revelation. I had insight every now and then. You know how people say they got intuition? When we know that that is really the spirit crying out on the inside of, 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 of the voice of the Lord around us, not necessarily the inside, but the voice of the Lord around us, calling us to life, reminding us of the imprint of who we were created to be, even before the foundations of the world. All humanity comes from him. So that imprint is always there, even when we don't know it. That imprint is always there because Jesus saved all humanity. They just have to come into the knowledge of it. So healing is there. Healing is there. But healing by revelation is the children's bread. What do I mean? Your broken relationship may never come back together and be healed. But the revelation of Jesus in you can heal you from that broken relationship. You may be in an upside down roller coaster battle with the state of your mind right now. One day you love God, one day you think you've abandoned him. But he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. As long as you are holding on to the hem of his garment, as long as that thread is there, revelation will remind you that you belong to him, that you are his, that you are still in the fight that you're not going to give up. It's what gives you life. When you are weak, Teresa, I am strong. Just repent, Teresa. Change your mind. Change your approach. Change your pattern. Try something different. Change the people you're talking to if needed. Change the negativity in your life. Change your inner thought life. Repent, Teresa. Listen, sometimes we need a revelation of how we're thinking before the thinking can actually change. So we saturate ourselves with people who already have a revelation. Peter was in the midst of the disciples. When Jesus asked this question, Peter's revelation set them all free. 
he had a revelation. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. You are the Christ. So Peter stopped all of that talk. Oh, they say you John the Baptist. Oh, they say you Elijah. Oh, they said he stopped all that. They never questioned this truth again. When you're in the right place, certain revelations can set your mind straight and put you on the path of your healing. Oh my goodness, God is enough. Jesus spoke of my healing. I don't have to beg him for it. Jesus knows my pain. Do we believe that or do we need a revelation? Oh my goodness. Do we need that or do we need a revelation? Sometimes we struggle because we have not walked into our place of that sure word. We have not walked into that place of knowing this is sealed. Nothing is going to turn me from it. Listen, some of you can agree with me right now because you know that you'll never go back to the world that you left. Guess why? Because you have a revelation. Oh my God, you have a revelation of Jesus in you. Some of you left toxic relationships and you'll never go back to anyone that even minutely exemplify that toxicity because you have had a revelation. Oh my goodness. You have had a revelation. We are healed by revelation. We're healed by miracles. We're healed by signs. We're healed by wonders. We're healed by the laying on of hands. We're healed by faith. We're, we don't have one way we're healed. But one of the most profound ways that we are healed is the revelation that it is finished even if it doesn't feel like it is. But God can bring us into a mature state of revelation where even where we are is whole. Oh my God. Somebody is going to hear the Lord today and it's gonna change your life. The scripture says, by his stripes, we were healed. That's revelation. The scripture says, I put on the mind of Christ. I put on the mind of Christ today because I know I've had a revelation of what that is. I, I hope you're hearing. I hope you're hearing. Some of us are reading scriptures every day. We have them taped on the mirror, taped in shoes, in the car. They're all over our purse. We have them everywhere. We have declarations, calling wealth for. We have all of these things that we do, but without a revelation, there is no shifting or permanent change. It takes the revealing of Christ in that situation to believe it. Oh my goodness. That's why we go back to cussing ourselves out internally. That's why we go back believing we'll always be broke. That's why we, we don't give because we think giving is losing. 
And I'm not talking about this ministry. I'm talking anything. But when you get a revelation, you act differently and Jesus can answer you. He can answer you. Oh, oh my God. It says here, and I also say to you, say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock of revelation, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Oh, you all. <laughs> revelation makes you a rock. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Revelation brings you into your union with the cornerstone. It brings you into your defense before darkness. It brings you into your prevailing place because your mind has changed. You know, it's funny when I, know, when I meet people that knew me five or six years ago, they're like, you, you different. I said, yes, I am. I'm who I'm always, who I was always meant to be. I am who God birthed out into the world now. I am who I was intended to be. I can claim my place as his bride now. I can say that I walk in the mind of Christ, that I'm not on a roller coaster anymore. These aren't bragging rights. This is evidence of your rock. I hope you hear me. This is evidence of your rock place. This is evidence of what he is building. And listen, I don't have to defend myself to the enemy or speak to him like I used to because it's settled on the inside of me. I believe God. Oh my goodness. I know that need keep me up at night, but I believe God. I don't care what this pain is trying to declare. I'm shifting my mind. I don't care what the, that episode where I lost it a little bit and I needed to take some medication. I'm not going to let that determine who I am, but I'm on the path of revelation. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. We've done the understanding of revelation and injustice in the congregation. We really have. We've done it in injustice. I, I want to look at Matthew 8. So if you're you have your Bibles, take a look at Matthew 8. And we're going to start at verse 5. I want you to see something here. It says, now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him, pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. I want you to just listen to that. This, in, this centurion came and he said, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed. I don't know if that was anxiety. I don't know if that was fear. I don't know if that was mental tor tormented. We don't know what that situation was. 
We have no idea. But I don't know if any of you have had anxiety, paralyzed, not able to move for, for minutes, pain in your body because you stuck and froze in the time of that mental space where you can't reconcile these things that are happening around you. I don't know. But I know that this servant was going through in his mind. And I know that the centurion came to him pleading with him to help this servant. And Jesus said, okay, let me come. I'm coming. I'm on the way. But there was a revelation that took place. Listen, and this revelation wasn't the person that was going through, wasn't having the revelation. The person that went to help had a revelation of how to help the servant. Oh my God. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worried that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word and my servant will be healed. Oh my God. Oh, listen, he had a revelation. But listen to this next sentence. For I also am a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go, and he goes. And to another, come, and he comes. And to my servant, do this, and he does it. This centurion had a revelation because of his occupation. <laughs> he had a revelation because of his occupation. His revelation came out of what he understood. God used that. God met him in his place of understanding. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Wherever you are, God can meet you, even if he has to meet you through someone else. Someone else's faith someone else's belief, someone else's strength, when you are legitimately locked up. Now listen, this is legitimately locked up. This man was lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. He could not care for himself. So even when you are in a place that is so jacked up. And if you have ever had a mental health issue, you know that you can be out of your mind. You know that if you've ever been in any kind of serious pain, you know that you can be out of your mind in that pain. You, you, you're not cognizant, you're not paying attention, but this is how God looks out for us when we have the right people around us who have had a revelation of Jesus. Oh, make sure you're around people that aren't agreeing with you and letting you have your sob moment every five minutes, letting you revisit your vomit every day. Make sure you don't have those kinds of people around you. You need people that have a revelation of Jesus a real revelation of Jesus. Jesus didn't give him the 411, man, he doing this and he doing that. And last night he was there and three weeks ago, 
this man, this centurion just said, Lord, my servant is lying on paralyzed. I need you. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. Oh my God. We can go on. There are many examples here of things like that. <laughs> I, I want to give you this one. I'm going to go down to verse 18. It says, and when Jesus saw great multitudes about him, he gave a command to depart to the other side. Then a certain scribe came and said to him, teacher, I will follow you anywhere. You know how we do. I'll do whatever you want me to do, Lord, I'll do it. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Then another of his disciples said to him, Lord, let me go and bury my father. Listen, these are people in the midst. He said, let me go and bury my father. You know, you just heard somebody screaming, I'll go wherever you want to go. But now you got somebody say, but I need to go do this first. I want you all to follow that. But Jesus said to him, follow me and let the dead bury the dead. You see, there's no revelation there. I want you to see a good example where no revelation came. No revelation came. No understanding was there. And there was no breakthrough. Oh my goodness. Had there been revelation, this person never would have said, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Oh my goodness. Because we just saw the centurion have revelation that if God said, go, I just go. You know, I understand that. If he says, come, I come. I understand that. If he said, do this, I just do it. I understand that. I, just, I want you to see these differences. It's all through this entire chapter. We just don't have time to go through it. Oh my goodness. Why am I sharing these things with you? Because revelation is at the core of our healing. Revelation is at the core of our breakthrough. Revelation is at the core of our maturation. Revelation is at the core of the transfer of the mind of Christ to us. Revelation is at the core of understanding our identity in Christ. Revelation is at the core of grasping our identity in Christ. Revelation is the key to loving God and loving one another. Revelation is the key to knowing the will of God, his intention and his purpose. Oh my goodness. Revelation is not random. It's a lifestyle. And it's a lifestyle given to every believer in the kingdom who cultivates it. The most important part of revelation is having a revelation of who Christ is to you. you he must be revealed to you as the healer of your mind. Your revelation has to cross into that place. 
Your revelation has to cross into that he is the healer of my body. He is the healer of my traumatic past. He is the healer of my poverty condition. He is the healer of the minds of my children. He is the... We have to have a revelation of who Christ is every moment of our lives. Every place of revelation in this way leads us into faith and maturity. Oh, oh my God, I pray that your people can hear God. I pray that they can understand what you are saying to them. I pray that this is not just another feel-good message that they think they can take and just apply it to everybody else and not themselves. I pray, Father, that change will come to us today. That we will see that even if our circumstances do not change in the natural realm, that our mind can be turned into a place of revelation where we will have the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding to, to, to cause change to take place. Oh my God, Wow, revelation is not random. What do I mean? Revelation is not you simply knowing things about folks. That's the magic realm. That's just magician stuff. If that's the only re revelation we have of Jesus is that he shows us stuff about everybody else. So I'm a prophet. I mean, he does that, but, but that is not the only thing revelation is for. I'm a revelator of the scriptures. I'm the chief revelator. Um, we should all be able to revelate because it's the revealing of Christ. Um, you're not special. There may be a grace for you to teach, but you're not the only one. <laughs> oh, revelation is, is knowing the future. Um, no, it's not just knowing the future. That's not the only thing revelation brings you. That's what we idolize because we like to be great among men. Revelation is not only hearing and seeing through dreams and visions. Oh, I need revelation through a dream. I would rather God speak to me plainly. I want the new covenant release upon me. I would rather have that. I'm grateful for the dream realm and the vision realm, but I can ask God what he means directly. I would rather have the better way. I would rather have direct insight. I would rather have a knowing that is a sure word. I would rather have navigation and direction. I, oh my goodness. Revelation is not simply inspired preaching and teaching. It's not, revelation is not only discerning times and seasons like is the cup. We have a better prophet than Issachar now called Jesus. We have a better grace than Issachar called the Holy Spirit living on the inside of me. We have a different way of discerning times and seasons in the new covenant, and it is called God with us. Jesus 
is the Christ, the son of the living God. What revelation? I don't need an Issachar anointing anymore. I have a revelation of Jesus Christ. Oh, somebody will catch that later, but they're probably mad because I touched an idol. Revelation is not only observation and prophecy. Revelation is not just words of wisdom and words of knowledge. Revelation is not just unlocking all these secrets and mysteries. Revelation is divine understanding. Divine understanding of who God is, the mind of Christ. It's the divine understanding in your situation and your circumstance. Revelation is the grasping of, of things that are sure, not letting the surety go. Oh my God. Revelation is unshakable faith regardless of natural sight. Revelation is the revealing of Christ in us, the revealing of Christ through us, the revealing of Christ for us, the revealing of Christ around us because revelation is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the revelator, not you. Holy Spirit is the revelator. And Holy Spirit has been ordained to reveal Christ, nothing else. Oh my goodness. You know, I, I love when I'm talking to prophets, I'm like, you're, you're, you're revealing Christ. If prophecy is the gift of the spirit, it only exists to reveal the intentions of the kingdom. It only exists to reveal Jesus. How do I discern prophets? You revealing everybody's mess, but you're not revealing Christ. That undeveloped gift that is on the, on the inside of you. Undeveloped, immature, baby phase of all you can prophesy is the devil. I see that evil spirit. What is the Lord saying as a result of that? He need to cast it out. No, what is God's intention? He wants that person free. So he's showing me either to protect myself or he's showing me how to help them heal or he's showing, I mean, my God, you got prophets running amok. God showed me that five weeks ago. What is the solution revealed? Because revelation is point blank solution oriented with intention rooted in Christ. You got people who think they're seasoned prophets that are still baby stage because there's no revealing of Jesus. Oh my gosh. Oh, misled, taught by man, not by God. Prophets are taught by the spirit not by just by people. When people teach, they do people stuff. But when God teaches, there's revelation. And there is a revealing of Jesus, his end game, 
his intention, his will, his purpose. What are the solutions to this situation? Well, I'm tired of hurting. I'm tired of being out of my mind. Press. Trust him. That's the first thing, not the last thing. Listen for wisdom. Listen for insight. Believe for the miracle. Remember Daniel and his friends, whether God delivered me or not, I will believe. That's a revelation. That's a revelation. Oh my gosh. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Lord, help us. Help us, Lord. Luke 2, 25 to 30, it says this. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was just and devout. So he was righteous. He was a, um, a holy man, a son of man, which is a whole nother teaching. Waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. Oh, this is so good. This is so, why? Because Holy Spirit was with Simeon, was with him, not in him, but with him, with dwelling, not inhabiting, but dwelling. Because remember, Holy Spirit has not been released to dwell in men at this point. So in the old covenant, we had a with, a dwelling, a habitation, but not an indwelling but this is what he said holy spirit was upon him and listen and it had been revealed to him by holy spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the lord's christ a revelation that listen god told him i'm gonna have you alive in the earth until you see the christ we can have a revelation of our own end if we'll trust God with it. We'll have a revelation of everything concerning us if we understand the power of revelation and we begin to nurture and treat Holy Spirit as if he's a, 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 an answer, not a visitor. Many of us look outwardly for everything that we need. We take no knowledge of the power of Holy Spirit on the inside of us. So we treat him like a visitor, not an inhabitant with our soul. Oh my God. May we know who we have on the inside of us. May we nurture who we have on the inside of us from a place of humility. May we walk in who we have on the inside of us by the spirit. God told me not to talk to her. I'm not talking about people stuff. It's twisted, crazy stuff. I'm talking about real spiritual leading. The Lord told me to go here and sit here until a certain person comes. And when they come, I'll know it because they'll be able to tell me what the Lord, listen, we're talking real leading, not people stuff, men stuff, folk stuff. 
A lot of this stuff people do ain't God. But we won't know that if we don't have a revelation of Jesus. The Lord told me that was a witch. I mean, my God, how many witches you can see in one day? How many? But you can't see the salvation of the Lord in them. Oh my God, how many? You count dead bodies, but you can't count life. Oh my God. We need revelation, the revelation of Jesus. Not the revelation of whatever that is. So he came by the spirit into the temple and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, I have a teaching on discerning um, false prophecy from true prophecy. So pretty much everything I was sharing about prophets earlier, it's in that three or four series teaching. You can go and listen to that if you wanna learn more. But I just wanna share with you that, you know, we have all kinds of ways of discerning false prophets or people prophets. You know, the prophets of Baal. They're all kind. They're not just the prophets of Baal and the prophets of light. They're people prophets. You know, they're people who, out of their own soulish realm, prophesy and consider things. That's a whole category. We need to learn how to discern. God told me not to call you. That that that's dumb. I mean, just think about that for a minute. How is Christ revealed in that? But you got people walking around like that. That's people stuff. That's a, a, a personality that needs delivered, mixing it up with super spirituality that has nothing to do with God. Twisted. Oh my goodness. Now, if you say, God led me to be quiet today. He led me into a place of rest and I didn't need any distractions because what I'm dealing with right now, I just needed to heal with, to hear him. That's God. He does that. Huge difference between that other thing. <laughs> oh man, I also taught a series on discernment. That'll help you too. It's all on the YouTube channel. You can go back and it's, it's pretty much along the lines of what I'm sharing with you now. You just have to search it out. It's all listed. You just have to look. It's there. But we have to understand the power of revelation. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Oh, my goodness. Revelation is the power of Holy Spirit within us, over us, in us, through us, around us, in the vicinity of us, that reveals the truth of Christ in every situation. There is nothing prophetic that isn't Holy Spirit. If it's not the Spirit of the Lord, it's not the prophetic nature of the Lord. It's the prophetic nature of the oppressive demonic realm. 
because all God does is reveal himself. If he's not being revealed and what you're hearing, I don't care what influence they have. I don't care what big name it is. I don't care how many people follow. I do not care. If Christ is not being revealed, it is not God. We must believe this. You must have a revelation of this truth. Go and read the scripture, even in times of war, the things that Christ revealed, that what Jesus, God revealed what happened. If you read it, there is always an intention. And it's a pure intention. And it leads you to love, not hate. It just doesn't. Oh, my goodness. Oh my goodness, Lord, may we know you. May we know you for real. May we break loose of systems and ideas and all the people stuff that we've been taught that causes men to stand up and do this on their chest or do this before people as if they have some access and power that other people do not have. Open our minds to vanity, to narcissism, to pride, to ill motives, because your motives, God, are pure. And we want to be healed in our mind, our thoughts, our approaches by revelation. By revelation. Let's take a look at Isaiah, Isaiah 11. I just want to read this. We're at the end. We're at the end. So there's conversation about this in the, in the book of Revelations. And we see it in pieces throughout the new covenant. But I felt it was important to read this. There shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse. And a branch shall grow out of his roots. The spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Revelation. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, revelation. The spirit of counsel and might, revelation. The spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, revelation. I want you all to see that. Read it in the Amplified. And there shall come forth out of a shoot, out of the stock of Jesse, David's father. And a branch out of his root shall grow and bear fruit. And the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord and shall make of him quick understanding and his delight shall be in the reverential and obedient fear of the Lord and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, neither decide by the hearing of his ears. Oh my God. But with righteousness and justice shall he judge the poor and decide with fairness for the meek, the poor and the downtrodden of the earth. He shall smite the earth and the oppressor with the rod of his mouth. And with the breath of his lip, he shall slay the wicked. And the righteous shall be a girdle of his waist and faithfulness, the girdle of his loins. And the wolf shall dwell with the lamb. And the leopard shall lie down with the kid 
and the calf and the young lion and the fatted domestic animal together and the little child shall lead them. Revelation. And the cow and the bear shall feed side by side. Their young shall lie down together and the lion shall eat straw like an ox. And the suckling child shall play over the hole of the, I don't know what that is. Oh, I think they, whatever. And the weaned child shall put his hand on the adder's den. They shall not hurt or destroy in my holy mountain for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the water covers the sea. And the earth shall be full of revelation as the waters cover the sea. And it shall be said in that day that the root of Jesse shall stand as a signal for the people. Of him shall be the nations inquire and seek knowledge and his dwelling shall be glory. Oh my goodness. I'm gonna read verse eight again. The nursing child shall play by the cobra's hole and the winged child shall, be, shall put his hand in the viper's den. I want you to see this because we have to understand not only are they talking about the seed of Jesse, but this is a critical view of the level and the depth of revelation that Christ has and what we're receiving from the mind of Christ, what we have access to. And one of the critical aspects of revelation is understanding because when the revelation that the Lord wants us to have, the Lord wants us to have come forth, there's understanding, not just knowledge, not just information, not just what's going to happen next. Not, I, I hope you guys are getting this so you can see the injustice that's been done to the prophetic realm because we've made it all about what I see, what I got. We, but if we don't have understanding, if we don't have what revelation comes to bring us, we are in trouble. I can teach you about Christ. I can tell you you're saved. But unless there is a revelation, it doesn't really have the depth of meaning that we need it to have to us. Oh, my God. Lord, I pray that they understand this part, that it goes down deep on the inside of them in Jesus' name. Oh, my God, goodness, because without this, we're going to rely on things we hear without getting understanding. I love the dream realm, but the dreams we have should not just be thrown on other people, thrown on other people. We should be in a place of trying to understand what we're receiving. I'm not saying we're going to know everything, but the why of it should be answered. Why would I share this with someone, God? What do you want them to get out of it? Even if I don't have understanding of the dream you gave me for them, what is the heart that you have for this? I pray, Lord, that I know the why. I want them to be encouraged, Teresa. I want them to be warned, Teresa. I want them to be prepared, Teresa. I know you don't know every detail of this, Teresa, but I want my intention known, Teresa, 
Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Revelation is for understanding. It's for understanding Jesus. His intention, his will, his purpose. Your healing right now. Wherever you are, whatever the struggle is, is based on the revelation you get about that situation. If it's a God revelation, it'll heal you, not placate you. If it's a God revelation, it'll lead to a, a perfect peace. You won't have art. You won't have unforgiveness. You won't have offense if, if that's the case. You won't feel some kind of way. You won't worry about being uncomfortable. Not if real revelation comes to that situation. Oh my goodness, humility will come instead. Humility will show up. Brokenness will be your, your purpose. Oh my goodness. Last, last scripture. Last scripture. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14. I just want to say that understanding is a pillar of um, this, the scribal conservatories. You know, it's a pillar. It is a pillar. Ephesians 1, 12 through 14, it says this. Well, 13. In him, you also trusted. After you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Listen, you trust God right now with your salvation because you've had a revelation. Nothing can knock you away from that place. Nothing. Because you have a revelation. In whom also having believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Oh my goodness, you can't be moved because you're sealed because you have a revelation of your sealing. But everything we go through in our lives must stand the test of revelation because there is going to be something established in us through everything we go through. What do I mean? If you are fretting right now, if you're panicked, because things are not working out. It's building beliefs on the inside of you. It's causing your mind to agree with certain things. That's why we need revelation because we want to reveal and we want to be revealed to the correct understanding, not to the machinations of our mind and our brokenness. I'm going to read this from the Amplified Version. In him... You also, when you heard the word of truth, the good news of your salvation, and as a result, you believed in him, were stamped with the seal of the promised Holy Spirit, the one promised by Christ as owned and protected by God. You are the seal. This is why we have the school, the sealed school of ministry. It's convincing people that you are sealed. The spirit is the guarantee. Listen, the first installment. I love this because it's the first installment of revelation in your life. 
Salvation is the first major revelation that any of us have had. Oh my goodness. It's the revelation that we are constantly standing on every time we fight and we win. Because the revelation is sure. It's immovable. It's unbreakable. It's unbendable. And I promise you, all of you who are here now, you have that revelation already. That's why you're able to grow. And that's the revelation you have built upon, a revelation of your particular salvation. And that truth has allowed you to stand before other people with a hope and a, and a, and a truth that's revealed to you that they too can be saved. I'm making this plain and simple so you can understand what I'm trying to tell you. We can only witness to other people because we have had a revelation that we have believed. We can only testify to what God has done to the people we raise up because we have a revelation of how God changes people through sound teaching. Oh, my goodness. Impartation is not enough. Revelation is necessary. The spirit is the guarantee, the first installment, the pledge, a foretaste of our inheritance until the redemption of God's own purchased possession, his believers, through the praise of his glory. Oh, my goodness. God is with us. God is with us. You have to reckon it done in your own mind, in your own heart. No matter what it looks like, no matter what is before you, no matter what is coming, your faith growth is determined by revelation. Father, I just thank you for every soul here today that, that Lord, that received something from what is shared. I pray, Father, that they will see how this relates to their own life, their own healing, their own mental state. I pray that they will have courage and that they will have strength that in knowing that God loves them and is pleased with them, even in their darkest of battles. Father, I thank you that so much people stuff and wrong teachings have caused us, Lord, to think that we are condemned when we have struggles and we think we have to hide and step away and run and not be seen when we, we have battles in our mind. I thank you, Father, that there are appointed times for understanding, but we have to stay on the path that leads to the building blocks of understanding. We have to stay on paths that lead us to that one moment where our eyes are open, 
The Bible says that we are to open the eyes of our understanding. That means, Father, that we are people that cannot sit around waiting, just waiting to be taught, but that we are diligent in our own pursuit. Father, I thank you. Psalm 119, 130 declares, the unfolding of your word gives light. It imparts understanding to the simple. We thank you, Father, for the opening up and the unfolding of your word. Father, we declare our foundation scripture just apart from it. Proverbs 2, 2 through 5, it says, make your ear attentive to wisdom and incline your ear to understanding. Yes, if you call out to insight, which is revelation, and you raise your voice for understanding. If you seek it like silver and search for it for like hidden treasure, then you're then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Father, we declare in the name of Jesus that we choose to have attentive ears, that we choose to have attentive hearts, so that understanding might come to us because it is the root of revelation in Jesus' name. It's not just popping up things in our head that we didn't know. That's a part of it, but that's not the kind of understanding we need alone, God. We need this part. Father, I thank you for Proverbs 3 and 5. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean into our own understanding. I release, Lord, we release our understanding to you in Jesus' name. We do not claim confusion. We do not claim this is too deep. We do not claim this is too much. Lord, we declare that our capacity be increased in the name of Jesus. Increase our capacity to understand in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you that Proverbs 3, 13 through 18, blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding for the gain from her is better than the gain from silver. Father, we thank you because the gain is revelation, is revelation. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with revelation. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are always pleasantness and all her paths are peace. Revelation in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for Proverbs 4 and 7. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get understanding. Father, I thank you today for 2 Timothy 2 and 7. Think over what I say. This is Paul teaching. For the Lord will give you understanding in everything. In other words, the Lord will bring us into revelation. Paul prayed this and he declared it in his letter to Timothy. And Father, I stand tonight, today and declare that over us. Think over what is said, for the Lord will give you understanding through revelation in Jesus' name.